You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad that you tuned in. So before I launch today's episode, I just want to take a minute to say thanks. Thanks a ton, church family Man, you responded impressively. So this Sunday, I asked our church family to consider praying for a member of law enforcement in the Forest County Sheriff's Department or the Petal Police Department. I asked for volunteers who would be willing to pray three times a week for an officer or dispatcher by name for a year. And we wondered how many volunteers we would get. We have 75 members of law enforcement community that we're trying to partner with. And church family, you killed it. On the very first Sunday that we presented the opportunity, you stepped up to the plate and we got all the matches that we need. If you still feel led to pray for somebody in our law enforcement community, no problem. Call us at the church, contact us, and we'll just make sure that somebody gets prayed for twice. But I just want to stop and say, thanks. Way to go. I'm proud of you. You impressed me. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this works throughout the year. All right, well, church family, let's have our devotion. So I'm going to share with you what I shared with our church staff this week when we had our staff meeting. I've been reading Acts chapter uh, 5 with some of the other staff members as we're going through a discipleship material that we're studying together. And I came to chapter 5, verse 39. I'd like to set the context for you. So the disciples uh, were arrested by some of the religious leaders in Jerusalem, some of the same people who had Jesus killed. They were very frustrated because the signs and the wonders, the healings, the miracles that the disciples have been working in the authority of Jesus, they've really gotten people's attention. And lots and lots of people are joining the Christian church, joining the movement and becoming believers and followers of Jesus. So the disciples are arrested. God releases them miraculously from prison. You know, and when these religious leaders find them the next day preaching in the temple courts, oh, of course, they're frustrated. And so they, they go and they, they bring them in for a trial. And remember, this is the same group of people that called for the execution of Jesus. And while they're wrestling over how to handle these guys, because remember, their popularity with the common folks is unbelievable. I mean, God's done something remarkable and people are impressed. So they don't want to make everybody mad. They don't want to find themselves in the middle of a, of a mob or a riot. Well, there's one rabbi named Gamaliel. He's a famous rabbi from the first century. And he speaks some sense into the group. He gives them a, a really good piece of advice. Basically, he tells them, hey, listen, we've had several people who thought they were the Messiah recently. He mentions a guy named Theudas. He mentions a guy named Judas. And he says, you know, there, there, are, there are all these people who thought they were the Messiah. Groups come and follow them. But ultimately, when that person is killed, you know, when the Romans kill the guy, then all the other followers, they disappear and it goes away on its own. And so the advice that Gamaliel gives his Jewish friends is, listen, Jesus has been killed. Let's just give this some time. He says, if this was from men, in other words, if this is you know, not anything God's ordained, then this is going to go away on its own. But on the other hand, if this is from God, well, then we wouldn't be able to win anyway. So let me, let me read what he says in verse 38 and 39. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. 
For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You'll only find yourselves fighting against God. So fighting against God, it's it's one Greek word, theomakoi, and it's uh, it doesn't recur. It's not a word that pops up lots of places in the Bible. It's a pretty unique right here. But what I noticed is that as I kept reading through the book of Acts through the next couple of chapters, I kept seeing people fighting against God. I saw people who, even though the Holy Spirit was working, there were people that, for whatever reason, were resisting the Spirit and found themselves fighting against God. Um, in, in particular, this group. So the high priest is a member of this group. His religious party, the Sadducees, they're a member of this group. The Sanhedrin, that's this group. In the next chapter, Stephen the disciple is having to preach about Jesus in the streets to defend himself against this synagogue of the freedmen who ultimately stone him to death. While he's doing that, this synagogue of the freedmen are fighting against God. These are Jewish people going to church every Saturday. Paul the Apostle, according to the book of Acts, is standing over the stoning, the execution, and he's giving his approval. Paul is a God fighter. You, you follow that, and Paul leads persecution in Jerusalem that drives the believers out of the city. They're fighting against God. And in the midst of all these people who are fighting against God, there are the apostles and the deacons who are loving their neighbor, who are teaching accurately about Jesus, who are declaring the crucifixion and the resurrection. They're healing people. They're leading churches that are beautiful communities where people love God and love their neighbor and meet each other's needs. So there's this powerful, powerful movement of the Holy Spirit going on. And meanwhile, there is this group that is determined to fight against God. And they, they would never think of it that way. Like there's no way the high priest is looking in the mirror and saying, yes, I'm going to war against God today. No way. The high priest doesn't think he's fighting against God, but he is. And what makes me sad about this is the threat that they seem to feel is that they feel jealous as they see the apostles leading this movement. The Bible, several places in the book of Acts, describes the jealousy that they felt. Not only that, but the synagogue of the freedmen are declaring to Stephen that Christians are against the temple and against the customs of Moses. Um, they're a threat to the to the power structure at the temple, to the leadership of the of the high priest who has rejected Jesus. But not only that, but they're undermining or they're worried that the church would undermine the customs of the law of Moses. And to be clear. Jesus said he came to fulfill the law, not to do away with it. Jesus was not against Moses at all. Jesus didn't undermine the law. Uh, Jesus may have called lots of their customs, their traditions, their man-made rules into question. And the reason that this passage has such an impact on me is because all of these God-fighters would have thought of themselves as really good religious people of their day. Like they went to the synagogue they went to the temple. I mean, for crying out loud, here's the high priest. Anyway, it kind of made me nervous. It made me want to stop and think, you know, have I ever been guilty of fighting against what God was doing in his Holy Spirit's movement because I preferred tradition or rules or control, or I thought it was important for everybody to come to me or Anyway, it just it made me really nervous that all of these God fighters in the chapters that immediately follow Rabbi Gamaliel's advice, they were religious people. 
And so what I want to, I guess, offer us as a church family is that I want us to be a church that will be alive for God, that will be following the movement of God's Holy Spirit. And if we ever find ourselves in a moment where we feel like God's Spirit is moving in a way that makes us uncomfortable in our traditions or customs or religions, well, that's okay. I want to be moving with the Spirit. I don't want to find myself unintentionally fighting against God. And I know that you you don't either. So I share this as a devotion with our staff because we just we want to lead the church this way. We want to love you this way. We want, we want our own lives to flow this way. You know, but this passage really got my attention. And so I wanted to share it with the church. And if this passage has been useful to you, well, then I'd encourage you to like this podcast so it's a little easier to find. Share this episode with somebody that you think might benefit from it. And listen, let's all be faithful as we love Jesus today. Church family, thanks for tuning in. I hope to see you tonight in our discipleship environments for our Wednesday night church. I love you. God bless you. Thank you.